Tonight we want to continue the study concerning the precious paraclete, parakletos. Let's say that word, parakletos, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, the one called to stand alongside us in all of life's experiences. You'll pardon this personal thing, but as Ed announced a moment ago, this is Singh's birthday. 21 years ago today, June 2nd, 1955, Singh was born. 21 years ago this summer, this church was born. 21 years ago today at noon, the pastor that led me to Christ went to heaven. I've wondered sometimes if Singh was a replacement for Dr. Finley Gibson, who was taken to be with Christ. And I just felt impressed to say that. I want to thank God. I want to thank the Spirit of God for sending that pastor into my life to tell me about Jesus. I think we are in spiritual trouble when we get to a point in life of pride or we take blessings for granted and we overlook thanking the one who introduced us to Jesus. That's like, thank, that's like overlooking to thank one's own human parents. I don't know how many times I've stood by caskets and somebody would come by and say, oh mother, oh daddy, if I just said some more kind words to you while you could hear them. Let's not wait till then. Let's do it now. While people are here, after church tonight, you ought to go around and tell somebody you love them. You're thankful for them. Let's have grateful hearts. Let's turn our Bibles, please, to John, the book of John. We left off last Wednesday night with John 16. We want to begin there tonight. Beginning in John 16, verse 7. May we bow together in prayer. Our Father, we thank Thee for thy so great salvation. We thank thee for the love of the Holy Spirit. We thank thee for those who have made investments in our lives, our parents, our spiritual parents, those who led us to Christ. I thank you for this great people, the family of God at Glendale Baptist Church and all the investment this thy dear people have made in my life. Lord, we thank Thee for the person of the Holy Spirit. And we pray that tonight the Spirit of God would grasp our hearts that we might yield to Him and His leadership. In Jesus' precious name, amen. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. 
But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and will show it unto you. The work of the Holy Spirit is manifold. To mention just a few of his ministries would be inexhaustive. The Holy Spirit inspired the Word of God. The Holy Spirit convicts the lost. The Holy Spirit regenerates and renews. The Holy Spirit seals the believer. Without the Holy Spirit, a man cannot be saved. The Holy Spirit dwells in the life of a believer. The Holy Spirit empowers for service. The Holy Spirit comes in answer to prayer, in power upon our lives. The Holy Spirit teaches and guides and impresses. The Holy Spirit calls workers. The Holy Spirit testifies of Christ. The Holy Spirit loves. The Holy Spirit grieves. The Holy Spirit aids us in prayer. And on and on we could go. The personality of the Holy Spirit is the chief doctrine that we need to learn concerning the spiritual walk with Christ. One cannot understand the work of the Holy Spirit or get into right relationship with Him and know His blessed work in our own souls without first coming to know the Holy Spirit as a person. We need to understand that He is a person to worship. Some people have said, should we pray to the Holy Spirit? Some people have asked, should we worship the Holy Spirit? In the doxology that we sing many times, praise God from whom all blessings flow, praise Him all creatures here below, praise Him above ye heavenly host, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And so in many places around the world, every Sunday, where Christians gather, they praise the Holy Ghost, though sometimes maybe not being aware of it because the song has become just a ritual or a rite or a form, although I think it does not have to be that. That's one of the great songs that we can sing, the doxology. And it teaches us to praise the Holy Spirit of God. We need to praise Him to thank God for the Spirit of God because the Holy Spirit is a person. He is as much a person as any, any person in this room tonight. 
Now from this practical standpoint, what does it mean that the Holy Spirit is a person? If he is simply an influence, then the question would be, how can we get hold of the influence of the Holy Spirit so we can use it? If the Holy Spirit is simply a power or some force, the question would be, how can we get hold of the force or the power of the Holy Spirit so we can use it, so we can harness its power the way we would harness water power to produce electricity, the way we would harness other powers to produce energy. If this is what the Holy Spirit is, nothing more than energy, nothing more than force, nothing more than influence, nothing more than power, then the whole question would be, from a scriptural standpoint, how can we get hold of that power so we can use it? But the scripture suggests that the Holy Spirit is not so much a power as a person. And the question is not so much how can we get hold of the Holy Spirit and use His power, but rather how can the Holy Spirit get hold of us and use us? That's what God's Word teaches that the Spirit of God is really interested in. He wants to use us. We are the energy. We are the influence. We are the force. As a matter of fact, one might say we are the power. But a dormant power, until the Holy Spirit gets hold of us and thrusts us into powerful use and service and work. And when that happens, you can look for revival. You can look for souls to be saved. You can look for people to get glad and people who are at outs to get at the ends. And we can look for the houses of God to be filled. And we can look for families to get together. And we can look for habits to be overcome because the Holy Spirit gets hold of us and uses us. Well, as we think of this, I want us to think tonight of some of the characteristics the Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit has that makes us know that He is a person. First of all, all the distinctive marks or characteristics of personality are ascribed to the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Now that does not mean that the Holy Spirit has feet or fingers or toes or eyes because these are marks of corporeity. They are not marks of personality. The marks of personality are knowledge, feeling, and will. If you do not believe that, you go over here to one of the funeral homes and look down at some dead person in a casket. He has eyes and nose and fingers and ears and feet, but no personality. The Holy Spirit doesn't have fingers and ears and eyes and hands, but he is a personality. Our bodies will one day die. We will be absent from the body and at home with the Lord, but we will not cease to be personalities. Now that body that you look at in the grave or in the casket, there's no personality there. As a matter of fact, you look at that person out, that, that person there that was dear to you, and the only thing that's really dear to you about that 
body is the fact that those hands once ministered to you or were kind to you. Those lips once communicated with you. You looked upon that body and it was very precious to you because you knew that person. But that personality is not there anymore. And you would not want to usher that body, that dead body into your home and keep it in your home. You can hardly think of anything more, more distasteful than to take some person's body that has been dear to you in life, take it from the funeral, funeral home, take it back to your home and just keep it there. You say, no, we wouldn't do that. Why wouldn't you? Because there's no personality there, just a body. The point I'm making is that the Holy Spirit, though he has no body, he is a precious personality. Now listen to what the scripture teaches concerning the personality of the Holy Spirit. Number one, look in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Now what man knoweth the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Here we learn that the Spirit of God knows all about God. He knows all there is to know about God. You want to know something about God, get in tune with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows all there is to know about God. You and I don't know very much about God, but the Spirit of God knows everything about God. And the Scripture says, in the words of Jesus, He will reveal God to you. Secondly, look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. But all these worketh that one and very same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. The Holy Spirit has a will. And incidentally, this verse comes right in the middle of the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, which is a discussion of spiritual gifts. And the thrust here is, that all of these gifts are in the hand of the Holy Spirit. And he gives to every man severally as we will. Is that what it says? We can beg the Holy Spirit for a certain spiritual gift according to that verse. Is that right? Watch your Bible now. Don't let me teach you some false doctrine. This scripture says he gives to every man severally as he will, as the Holy Spirit will. The Holy Spirit is in charge of the spiritual gifts, and he has a will. And it's his will to give Brother Ron one gift, to give Robert another gift, to give Brother Ian another gift, to give Brother Bob another gift. And it is not our prerogative to come to the Holy Spirit and dictate to him what gift to give us. It is rather the Holy Spirit's prerogative to give to every man severally as he will. And so the Holy Spirit has a will. Thirdly, look in Romans chapter 8, verse 27. In Romans chapter 8, verse 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. 
Now, according to this verse, he searches the hearts and he knows what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The spirit of God has a mind. And you and I have a mind. That's one of the marks of personality. He has a mind and we need to get in tune with the mind of the Holy Spirit. Look in Romans chapter 15, verse 30. In Romans 15, 30, one of the few verses in the Bible that reminds us of this, Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. The Holy Spirit loves. How many times we have heard a sermon on the love of God how often we've heard a sermon on the love of Jesus. But seldom do we preach on the love of the Holy Spirit. But the Spirit of God loves. He loves in a way that's beyond our ability to imagine. The Holy Spirit loves. Now any personality that has knowledge, that has will, that has mind, that is capable of loving, is also capable of being grieved. And if you'll turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, you'll see that the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Tonight, try to imagine the most sensitive person you've ever known. And I'm not sure that being sensitive is a bad characteristic. I've, do you ever hear people say, well, don't be so sensitive? You ever heard that expression? The Holy Spirit is the most sensitive person you can imagine. He is the most sensitive personality imaginable. And the Holy Spirit becomes grieved with our slightest disobedience or our slightest slight. How many in this room have ever felt slighted? Put your hands up. Go on and admit it. Sure. You know how you felt when you got slighted? That's how the Holy Spirit feels when you slight him and when I slight him. He is grieved. He is hurt. The Holy Spirit is a personality. And he is grieved. If this scripture means anything, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. As a matter of fact, there's an Old Testament passage like it, like it that suggests that God can be grieved with man's actions. This must mean, sometimes when we read that in the Old Testament, we think that it means angry, that God becomes wrathful, and that's there too. But the scripture suggests that before God's anger, there is grief, there is hurt. You know, sometimes in our own lives, before there is righteous indignation, there is grief. You think of a father who pours his very life into his son and who sacrifices for him, goes out and works long hours and brings home the money and the bacon and the eggs and all the other things. And he makes investment after investment. He gives him clothes and he sends him to school. He does all these things for him. And then that boy gets up to about 16 or 17 and he says, 
Don't you tell me what to do. Now, how do you think that pop feels? Usually, all the boys ever see is the righteous indignation of their father. And a father ought to have righteous indignation. But behind that righteous indignation, there's a heart that's grieved. And so it is with the Holy Spirit. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can grieve Him by our actions, and sometimes our inactions, by our sins of commission and our sins of omission. And when we grieve the Holy Spirit, we need to come and confess that thing that has hurt him. Be tender-hearted, forgiving one another, the Scripture tells us. And so one of the things that grieves the Holy Spirit is a hard heart. A heart that's callous. A heart that has no concern for the things of God. We grieve the Holy Spirit. Another thing that grieves the Holy Spirit is disobedience. The Spirit of God tells us to do a certain thing, and we say, no, I'll not do it. I like to be around new Christians. What a joy to see people who have just been saved. You know what they want to do? Almost without exception, when a person genuinely gets saved, let me ask you, what do they want to do? You just tell me. What do they want to do? They want to tell somebody. I didn't have to tell you that. You know it, see. You've been around new Christians. First thing they want to do is go tell somebody. And they want to go out and visit. If the church has a visitation program, they say, let me get involved. I want to go. But you know, a sad thing happens. After a while, and I hate to announce this because there's some new Christians here tonight, and I don't want to give you any ideas. But after a while, sometimes a new Christian will look at old Christians and he'll say, well, you know, there's brother so-and-so and there's sister so-and-so and, and uh, they don't seem to be very excited about what's happened to them. Uh, and they don't ever go out and visit. And they don't go tell anybody. Uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe that's the way I ought to be. Maybe I ought to be more sophisticated. Uh, maybe I ought to be more like they are. And after a while, that wonderful, new, crisp, fresh approach begins to wear off. And instead of Staying in tune and in step with the precious paraclete. Instead of finding out what pleases the Holy Spirit, we try to find out what pleases somebody or how somebody else acts. And instead of keeping our eyes on Jesus, we put our eyes on some man. Now listen, the arm of flesh will fail you. I want to live a godly life. Over and over and over again, I'm aware of my own need to come back to the Spirit of God and ask for a re-indwelling, a refilling of the Spirit of God, and to confess my own sins and my lack of judgment and all the things. I want to live a godly life. I want to live a separated life. I want to live a holy life. I want to get as close to Jesus as I can get and stay there. But I want to tell you, if I should ever disappoint you, don't you put your eyes on this preacher. You put your eyes on Jesus. Look to him because he will never disappoint you. And what I say concerning the preacher, I say about the deacons. I believe we've got godly deacons, deacons that love the Lord and want to serve him. But we need to keep our eyes not on the deacons but on Jesus. 
And I believe we have godly Sunday school teachers. And we ought to watch them and, and try to follow some of their examples. But keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the only one who will never disappoint us. We dare not trust human flesh. And if we can keep our eyes and mind and lives looking to Jesus, we'll not grieve the Holy Spirit. Or if we do, we'll come back to confess it. You know we live in such a secular world. We live in such an age when everybody does everything like everybody else that we've forgotten that we're to be godly, godlike, filled with the Spirit of God. There ought to be a hangover in a Christian's life if he's filled with the Holy Spirit. There ought to be a hangover in his date life. There ought to be a hangover in his work life. There ought to be a hangover in his home life if we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And the only way we can do that is to keep looking to Jesus. And when we feel, feel pride coming up in our lives, you know, pride comes like an awful monster. It tries to usurp authority in our lives. And when we feel that old satanic pride coming that would make it hard for us to confess our faults one to another, when it would make it hard for us to confess that we're wrong about a certain thing, then we need to ask God to forgive us for that and ask our friend to forgive us for that. Spirit. And then, Father, in this room tonight are people who but he can be grieved. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby we are sealed unto the day of redemption. May we pray.